Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. That's it's your good. boy Geology. How's it going? Mike man. the Baptist here. You know, we're doing it. We're here again. It's been a minute. It, you know, every time we come on, it's been a minute. All right. <laughs> nah, See, it's been late. a minute for us, but that's true. For the viewer, the viewers yeah. might maybe a week. Right. But we haven't recorded in like two or three weeks. Okay. But they've yeah. been they've been getting some things here and there. Actually, that reminds me, we got a uh, we got to boost our posts, so yep. we got to get on that. My apologies to those out there who might have clicked on my page or something, but uh, currently I'm deactivated, but that's just to help me back into my recovery He's period. cleansing his soul. <laughs> uh, no shout-outs of the week. We didn't go that deep into getting shout-out of the week. We've been on, uh, I guess, a fast of shout-outs of the week, uh, but we have a great topic that we're going to talk about today, uh, which is fear. What is fear? Is fear healthy as a believer? What are we doing to uh, navigate through fear and all that good stuff? So uh, let's dive in. I want to start off by, uh, I remember specifically when I was roughly 17 years old, I was debating with this girl. and uh, Which is never a good idea. At that age. She would, she would always yeah. be saying like, oh, um, yeah, you have to fear God. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You have to fear God. Because God can just come at any moment and smite you. And then she was just like, no, fear. And she, I was just like, what are you talking about, fear? And then she opened it up, or better yet, she helped me understand that fear was seen in two ways. Mm. Fear as in actually you're afraid, and then the other fear, which is actually respect. I think there's an element, yeah, like I, I heard the same thing too. But I think with the respect, like there is a element of fear. Mm -hmm. like actual fear <laughs> because you respect like i think about like my father growing up or something like that my father's never ever ever hit me like he my mom was the disciplinarian you know what i mean um but my father never hit me but my father um he would just look at me when it was like mm, poppy yeah. looks like just you know and i would be shook and it's similar to that i respected my father but it was an element, a little trickle of I knew he loved mm. me unconditionally, but I knew that he was capable of, you know, certain yep. things. So I think it's the same way with, you know, with God or with anything like that. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, I, it, it's, you know, you, you go to your, your boss and you have a request. Yeah. There's an element of fear. You know, it, it's, there's a, like the reverence for the position, mm -hmm. but also there's the knowing that and whatever it is i need to request i have to get the approval for what i need mm -hmm. and so just the request alone it, it's there's a certain reverence there's a certain there's 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 careful like you're careful you tiptoe mm -hmm. your way into that conversation you don't just show up to the office and like hey man i need this why didn't you get me that and you don't you're not you're not uh, arm wrestling with this person yeah, yeah. you're being very much you know, open and and, um, and 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 you're willing to discuss, you know, in a, in a sincere way, but also knowing that this person has the ability to say no. If they say no, what happens, right? So, um, so I think that's kind of the element of of fear that we, you know, we're looking at. You can always ask your father, but then when you ask your mother, fear starts coming in. <laughs> you're always uh, just it always was reverse for me. Like it's crazy. I could always get whatever I want from my mom. But my dad, I my, I could get whatever I want from my dad too. But I had He's a more, like, actually I could do whatever I, had I want. I a lot of respect for my dad though, you know, because uh, you know, of the type of person, maybe his mm -hmm. personality, you know what I mean. Mm. So, yeah, um, and and one of the pieces of when it comes to our relationship with God is is that tendency to want to move away from the from the reverent fear, mm -hmm. the actual trembling that that comes with someone who is in the highest position a man ma imaginable that can do anything. Um, uh, we want to befriend God in, in a way that we bring him down to our level to where it's yeah. more like, Hey, it's just a respect thing. It's, it's more than respect. <laughs> it's the fact that this person at a snap of their fingers can have you yep. destroyed. Yeah. There was a song that, um, actually I really, you know, it's a good song, but I, I don't like the song anymore. Maybe because it was played out, it's not, you know, all on me. But it was that song from Israel Hooten, uh, I Am a Friend of God. Do you remember that oh, song? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, maybe I it was just too friend, yeah, yeah maybe it was just a little too played out but at the time you know um <laughs> but the lyrics was like i am a friend am a of god and there's nothing wrong with you being a friend with god but every time i would hear it in church i would never sing it because i would be like do you know who you're talking to that's the almighty god like <laughs> i you know what i mean it's spanish it's, it's just the respect yeah but it's like whatever your view is it should be in, in balance it should be mm. with balance you know, mm-hmm. not imbalanced. Right. Like the the picture of God. It shouldn't be so much like some shirts that back in the day had uh, Jesus is my homeboy. Do you remember those shirts? Yep. I remember and those it was shirts. like Jesus with like two thumbs up or yeah. it was one of those type of things. It should never be that. Jesus is more like just like your father is not your homeboy. But you can have great times. You're laughing. You're you're ju- you're just having a great time with your dad. But there's always gonna be this element, like you were saying, like your mm-hmm. boss. You're there's gonna be an element of like this respect, this fear that comes yeah. over it's you. It's the position, you know. It's the, it's, yeah. it's understanding that this person has a position. And when someone's disrespectful to the p- position, let's say the title, you know, you have an issue with someone at work and they don't they don't respect the title. <laughs> N- even if that individual is not someone that you want to give any respect or reverence to, if they have a title, you still have to honor the title. There, mm-hmm. There's a sense that you still have to fall under a reverence of that title. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you don't is the moment that you, you peace out from the workplace or, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, when it comes to our relationship with God, that's not the case. You know, you don't just dip out on God. Yep. Cause or you can't. There's a lot of people that like to, uh, distinguish two different camps they like to say the old testament god and mm. then the new testament god so the old testament is the all wrath uh, all wrathful all powerful and then they come to the new testament they're like oh jesus was just like cool but yet we see verses and it's like jesus didn't come to bring peace he came to bring a sword and then we see revelations like he's coming with his full fleet like it's crazy and yet it's just like you're saying when we start losing that focus we start humanizing god in a way to put him into like an art camp mm-hmm. so that we no longer fear him or that we supersede that fear. Yeah. I think that's what happens sometimes. So like that movement of like what Jesus would do with bracelets mm-hmm. or Jesus is my homeboy. Uh, you humanize God to the point where, yeah, you, you think you have a greater, better relationship with God, but in actuality it's yep. like, not the case because of the respect value you know it's kind of like in the bible when um the disciples of jesus came and asked jesus like how should we pray he's like i'm gonna tell you he gives like a formula and he's like hallowed be thy name fought the god the father like hallowed be thy name step one was always reverence was always mm-hmm. fear you mm. know yeah and even in the ten commandments you know uh, oh yeah it's uh you know don't don't put any other gods before mm-hmm. the Lord your God, you know, and then the next few are all reverence, all reverence to his name, all reverence to his position, all reverence to his title. And and when you have that sequence, when you have that proper order, then you have a proper framework as to how to pray, how to relate, how to discuss. Um, and that's why you, the, the Jews, I know the Jews got a lot of flack for for the superstitious side of you know removing god's name removing the name Mm -hmm. of yahweh from scripture and replacing it with lord because um right because because they said well we don't want they wouldn't even say his name right because they what they didn't want to get accused of was vanity Mm. you know uh do not take the lord's name in vain so vanity is emptiness that's the definition of vanity from the hebrew it's it's an empty statement so when you have people say, oh, God, it's just an empty expression. Uh, it's just the same way when Jesus talks about prayer, how to pray. He says, don't utter words of repetition like the pagans do. Right. So growing up Catholic, it was you repeat the Our Father 40 times and you say yep. the Hail Mary 30 times and you're good. But Jesus says, no, that's not how you pray. That's not what God wants to hear. He doesn't want to hear that because that has no power. It's vanity it's empty statements and so what you're saying actually has no substance but when you pray to god this is how you should pray he's not saying pray this prayer he's saying this is how you should pray from from within from yourself Mm -hmm. from your request from your from your relationship with god and 
and and so the emptiness the 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 lack of substance is is um is what they were fearful of that they didn't want to just say Yahweh and and it end up being empty statements and then they they fall under condemnation of violating that commandment um, and so they're accused of being superstitious in that way but I can totally see where they're wanting to just reverence his name and if they say it they mean it if they're going to say his name it's because it's in a prayer or when they're going to say his name it's in the scripture or they're saying you know they, they want to reserve that name for something that's prestigious and uh and i can't say that i necessarily disagree with that you know i, I agree with the need to know uh th that name but i also agree that that there's a there's a, a sense of me positioning my mindset to understanding that that is just not something empty that I can you know mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's in I think it's in Ecclesiastes uh, I know I think it was uh, definitely one of the uh, uh, words of wisdom of Solomon that says don't just rush into the presence of God you don't want to just go into the presence mm -hmm. of God. Be, you got to be tactful. You got to know who you're going to. And I think in Hebrews, it talks about um, go bold before the throne of, of grace, right? Just go because of Christ. So we have this now access. So go boldly before him. But there is also that sense of as I approach God boldly with my request or my prayers or my desire or my need for grace, I have to go into that presence understanding that as I'm in that presence, I don't belong there. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, in a lot of cases in scripture, it does say that people just like literally fall to their knees in worship when yeah. you see like his presence or even just just knowing that you're praying to God. It's kind of like those um, every time, uh, not every time, but um, a lot of times in the Bible when an angel appeared to a man mm -hmm. or a woman, it was always this thing of reverence like whoa like of all and they always want to worship the angel right yep. but the angel will always say hey don't worship me yep but it's always like this this awe this fear right because it the, comes over you yeah and and even greater was the was the fear of the from the angel side to say whoa 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 whoa, whoa. no -uh, you're not worshiping me right because they reverence so much the position they worship so much who God is that they're like, uh, I don't, don't ever mistake me for yep. God. Like, do you realize who he is? Like he's watching me right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. But going even there. with that, it's not, um, fear. It could be an element of like, you hold God to a, such a high esteem that you know what he's capable, capable mm -hmm. of. But Jesus, even Jesus was entreatable to children, meaning like he allowed, children even the, the sweetest people to come to him you know what i mean so there's a level of god that where he's just like a father in the sense that you're you're able to have that connection and intimacy and of sweetness and you could talk to your father about your day and different things like that but then there's also this level of respect now that differs from like the other side of a spirit like a like like a, a demon a demon demonic yeah. force or a, a, a um, not even demonic but even an evil energy right or that type of thing that's a different type of fear that's not a respect that you're feeling mm -hmm. that's more of like a terror or that's more like hmm. you uh, uh, it's almost like the unknown right you you hear that a lot of times like fear of the unknown fear the darkness fear the darkness uh they say like death like is not is the number one fear of people it's like public speaking you know what i mean so yeah, strange, yeah. yeah yeah so about public speaking and death but if you think about death and different things like that it's a big fear for many people mm -hmm. but it really is not death it's the fear of you not knowing what's gonna happen you know yep and i mean a lot of times i remember growing up um I was always that shy kid in class or that kid that didn't talk a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would be just in the back. I mean, I don't I don't talk a lot now, but I've I learned to talk when I need to or to properly use my words or to know my words have value. But I never learned that until I started going into the management position. So I would always have this fear. And then when I stepped into having the position as a manager, I learned right from the start that it was these people now fear me. 
to my sense of it's like why am i Bro, like you, trying you got to, the juice man why am i like <laughs> holding back? you got the juice now i was like why am i holding back like why am i being reserved in this sense like they're fearing that if they don't show up to work i will start writing them up i will fire them that instant mm. so and it started getting me out of my shell so to speak mm. but some people they just see life and they're reserved that's how i like to see it a lot so they'll look at something and whatever it is that they fear, they slowly start to avoid. Now, you can have the two camps, the respect and the actual like fear and terror. So you'll have people that I found sometimes when I'm talking to people that they say they believe in God, but yet they don't worship God. So they'll say, yes, I believe in God. And you can even go to the, like the extreme and be like, oh, do you fear God? to the essence of where like he can send you to hell and they'll be like oh um yeah about no, God, that god's grace is yeah. his grace yeah god's all about love and like right away jump into like the good side of things and it's like the fear that they were somewhat like trying to hold to they now avoid completely so they jump to the other side yeah in um in proverbs i think it's in proverbs it says, uh, I just want to make sure I'm quoting it correctly. Yeah, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, and in Proverbs 9, 10, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so knowledge and wisdom are coming from us having this, whatever we're deeming as fear, reverence, yeah. and, 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 and positional recognition, and... Um, and understanding our place, yeah. you know, I, I mm -hmm. think when we look at Adam and Eve, their lack of reverence for his position, lack of reverence for who he who he truly is, it put them in a in a very compromising place to where now we are where we are today. And that was not operating out of wisdom, nor was it operating out of a knowledge or relationship of God, but instead wanted to be him. And if we if we have a starting point to say, he's God, I am man. And when he communicates to me, he's dumbing it down significantly, right? They call it mm -hmm. uh, theological terms, uh, anthropomorphic language that he uses. So he he has a divine language, he has divine knowledge, and he's imputing it to us. And when he when he communicates it to us, rather, he has to put it in a way that is at our level. So we're not at his level. But in our frame of mind, in our lack of knowledge and wisdom, we think we're at his level. We think mm -hmm. we know, uh, we think we got it, but we don't. Yep. We don't. We don't. We don't have that. Uh, and so, when we lack fear, we we are actually hindering ourselves from from acquiring that knowledge that Adam and Eve so desperately mm -hmm. wanted. You know, the knowledge of of, of good and evil, right? They, and so the, the, the Gnostics and, you know, the, the skeptics and everything will say, you see, they wanted knowledge because they didn't have any. No, they had a plenty of knowledge. They were very intelligent. Um, mm -hmm. Adam named all the animals, right? He was governed. He governed all of the earth. He was the he was in charge of all of that. Yep. So so he was a very intelligent individual. He was it wasn't for lack of intelligence. It was more so the lack of reverence for the position and really lack of fear that he that in knowing what the consequences would be still made the decision not to obey hence why you know the consequences and the thing the is when um when he heard uh god walking through the garden he hid he knew that's so, the thing so he it, knew it, he feared because right it was away like a the consequence but the was, consequence he feared yeah there was like a in the beginning there was like a lack of of um like a reverence towards mm -hmm. god the action occurred and then there was a literal terror or fear yep. that, uh, that of that's why he had to hit, hide himself because he knew he was like kind of like a dog. You know, a dog has the emotions True. of yep. they know they, they shouldn't have ate that shoe or something. So like they that, put like their know? head down. Yeah. Like as they approach you. Yeah. It's true, man. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. And, and that yeah. terror, that terror feeling comes when, you know, when you're in sin, you know, when mm -hmm. when you know you're in sin. Yep. As a believer, as a child of God, you know, Adam, uh, Adam was of God, mm -hmm. right? We know that. And 
so us, you know, as children of God, when we're in sin, when we're living a lifestyle of sin, or we intentionally say, you know what, I'm going to just go through with this. I'm going to just make it happen. Um, there's, it's weird, but there's an anxiety. We were talking about anxiety earlier. And there's a physical anxiety that comes with that. There's a terror. There's a, a restlessness that comes because we know that, you know, whether it's I'm, I'm being lazy or I'm uh, misspending my finances or, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm uh, having a relationship outside, you know, whatever is happening, there's this terror that comes and overtakes you. And it's not terror because you fear the Lord, which 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 would drive you away from doing the act in the first place, it's the consequence. I have a mm-hmm. I have a Bible Do verse it. real quick. Uh, this is found in the book of First John chapter four verse eighteen. It says this: um, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Mm. So it's ba- exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like those that have that that fear of consequences, fear or uh, literal, like kind of like that Adam moment where they messed up, but then they try to hide themselves. And there's like a literal terror of what God, the consequences are coming. It's like fear has to do not with love, but with punishment. So the mm-hmm. fear of punishment is that, you know, you did wrong in the in the eyes of God. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times it's like, how do you deal with those type of fears? Adam chose to hide himself, like thinking that that was going to resolve the problem. And a lot of times we, we, we don't change. We're not that evolved as humans. When we do something to grieve God, we call it a sin or whatever you want to call it. Um, God had the standard and we fell from that standard what what is our natural inclination mm. uh, some people would choose to hide themselves from god some people don't want to think about what they just did so they numb themselves with an uh, alcohol drugs whatever mm-hmm. um or they try to fill themselves with another like you you're really big into talking about um different things of idols right or they fill themselves with another thing that can take a distraction that can f- that can fill they don't have to think about that they've let god down mm. and it's kind of like f- it's funny because a lot of times um atheists they'll say man god doesn't exist they'll reduce god but then they still kind of live in that parameters that you know god is bad like mm. you know there's like this element where god you failed me but then you don't exist. So there's an acknowledgement of God. So it's in this in denial, this mm. like fear, the, the fear of lack of punishment or mm. the fear of their punishment. The, the, the problem is, is that everybody's going to be accountable for what they, their actions. Mm-hmm. So just like Adam was, had to be in an ac- uh, accountable for the action that he, he, he actually disobeyed God's word. Did, the same way we are so even he couldn't hide that much you know yeah um and you know when it talks about sin uh and no one is righteous uh in in romans chapter three it Mm. says none is righteous no not one no one understands no one seeks for god all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one their throat is an open grave they use their tongue to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their path are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Mm. No fear. So it describes like everything of what a person that has no fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no fear. So... So these are the things that we live out. We live out this lifestyle that should atheism be carried out to its full potential is mm-hmm. that, right? There's there, a removal the, of the, yeah, the, consequence. There, there's removal of consequence, but there's also the acceptance that we are operating out of our own natural instincts, our own DNA, mm-hmm. and that's it. There's nothing more. So if you happen to cross, cross paths with G 
and you happen to, in your ideology, decide that you're going to destroy him, it, it is just part of life. So any consequence that anyone outside of you should impose on you, we're actually disrupting the natural order. If, if atheism is carried out to its full potential, if natural selection is carried out to its full potential, the view. yeah, then, then us who would, be, who would be judging you and put you in, in some kind of consequence because of the actions you took, we're disrupting what the natural order is. And so we've, put, we've, we've now changed it to be something else. So it's no longer just natural selection because at its purest form, this is what should be carried out. This is what happens. This is the animal kingdom. We just happen to have homes and drive cars and go to college. That's, ju that's just the difference. <laughs> but there should be no difference in uh, the way we interact, our sexual desires. We're just operating out of our human instinct. So anything, anything that we see is wrong, that is punishable, whether it's you know, abusing children or, you know, or, or, or killing the, the weak or whatever it is, it's just part of the natural selection. Mm -hmm. No morality. So th there should be no consequence. Should that be carried out to its full potential and its thought? But clearly we don't respond that way, mm -hmm. right? Clearly there's a wrong and right. Clearly there's moral frameworks that we operate in subconsciously that it is a natural part of who we are. So the, the purest form of natural selection carried out to its full potential, it, it doesn't work. It can't work. And so, um, so now if you live without fear of God, then... Um, you're in this weird space where, you know, uh, I, I, I need some kind of order. Naturally, I need some kind of order. So if I don't have a fear of God or my response to life, there's no fear of God, then I need something to put fear in that person. Because if not, they're going to come and, 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 and destroy my family. They're going to come and, mm -hmm. and, and run into my it's home. It's kind of like, I think of it like um, this statement. Would you rather be feared or respected? And the way I think of it uh, sounds really silly, but like a drug kingpin, like a Scarface or some type of movie like that, right? Um, a lot of times, see, with God, even though we fear God and we respect God, there's always an element of love towards God. So that statement, would I rather be feared or respected? It, as the drug kingpin, I would rather you fear me thinking that that's an illusion of love but they don't love you your 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 minions don't love you they they respect the position they they fear what you the consequences of them crossing you but there's never a love right so it's not respect it's it's like a fear a literal terror of you but the illusion from the guy that's sitting in the seat the the scarface or the whatever the the the, the person the godfather is that these people love me these people adore me but in reality there is no love in that right. mm -hmm. and so to not bring no confusion even though there's an element of respect and love there's always love towards god and it kind of goes back to proverbs mm. um proverbs says in the beginning uh fear is the beginning of knowledge fear is the beginning of wisdom but knowledge of what knowledge of who god is knowledge of god not see the more you you fear god the more you respect god the more that he he allows himself to be known by you uh, by us you know uh, and it's like this beautiful relationship where it's not void of love even though you respect kind of like i go back to the father because god made it made it and see the problem is there's a lot of people that we live in a fallen world where everybody's father is probably jacked up and there's a lot of people that don't have an illustration of what a, a, a father, mm -hmm. a really good father is. Like even the greatest homes have struggling of of men that are um, very faulty, you know. And so I am a father and I'm <laughs> faulty. <laughs> no, the reality, that's the reality. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like if we if we see that, it's kind of like the way that we see God, the father. Mm. And there's a lot of people that are hurting um in this world is that n never knew a father never knew a grandfather or whatever and they've been they've been there's like this inward hate um and i seen some videos man of some guys just walking down the street they're maybe like 25 and you see them like on the the ct cameras and stuff like that and there's like an old man with a cane 
And the guy just looks at him and just starts beating him. And it's not just one. It's a lot of, like, younger ki- younger people that have this, like, hatred towards these elderly people and they start beating them up. And I started thinking about it, and I actually heard a preacher talk about it. And he was saying that it's like the the these um, – we've gone so far from God, so far from um, the home of – of you know like a father we've gone so far from a f- like more towards a fatherless even if they're present that this inward hatred towards like authority mm. this inward hatred towards you know a father a grandfather they represent everything you didn't have so it's you know maybe it's a projection but it, it it's good to think about it. it's just a thought that what would prov- what what is the motivation between uh, the a person is gonna just inflict damage on an elderly person. It's this inward hate. There's like you were never there for me, even though that's not even your grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's it's this projection. And so if if the way that we see God is the way that we see our father, dude. Strategically speaking, if I was the enemy, if I was the devil, I would destroy the father. <laughs> I would de- if if the children see the father in their in their lives to th- is the way that they see God, I'll destroy that father because they'll never be able to see the love that the father God has for them. You know? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and not to go too off tangent, but <laughs> it's, it's um, yeah, the, the male figure, man, men, particularly white males in America are like the most hated people right now in, the, in, in, in America. Mm. Um, you know, because of all the things that are happening with race and equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I went to a a uh, a conference yesterday that talked about diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. on a global scale and how that has an impact on clients and how that has an impact in your workplace. And, and really, essentially, what, what it boils down to is the millennial mindset, uh, which is has very little to do with age and more to do with the times we're living in. But the millennial mindset, including the millennial aged workers are looking to um, work for employers that are conscious of these bias that, that exist. And how do we give more opportunities to people that didn't have opportunities in previous times? Mm -hmm. So like us at the table, you know, we're Hispanic males. And so, or Latino males, Hispanic is actually the wrong term. It's Latino. So we're Latino males and we should be given opportunities in management and at the executive level and and, uh, uh, for the purposes of creating a diverse culture in order to see greater um, uh, productivity and greater results at the workplace. So it's very interesting, the research that they were talking about and and having such a diverse group, particularly, you know, you, you impute women in that equation mm-hmm. and you say, you know, having women as part of uh, that leadership group will only help but promote uh, greater, uh, for the greater good of the organization, up to like 150% of what it would have been if you didn't have diversity in your management or your executive level. Um, so it was really good information that, that was given. But what I realized there and what I have noticed for a while, but what I realized there was in, in, in light of everything that's happened, our current administration, our, um, you know, with all the racism things that are going on and this call for diversity and all that, the white man is the most hated mm-hmm. individual uh, in the United States right now. Mm. And, you know, the white privilege and do all these statements that are going out and, 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 um, and then you start to see favoritism uh when you have things like you know the uh, you know whatever movements that happen and the leaders of those movements are white males you know um you know particularly with the caitlin jenner situation you know comedians are talking about oh well the only reason why uh this person had any attention in the first place was he wasn't the first transgender person but because he was a famous white male that's what got him the attention because of that that privilege you know what i'm saying so um and i don't want to go into that tangent but uh it's just it's just that the the white male is the most hated person in the in the world right now or in on on in the united states right now um and so yeah i just i just thought that that was a uh, interesting um uh thing that you had mentioned because mm-hmm. when it comes to reverence or when it comes to respect 
or when it comes to having that kind of interaction, and particularly in the workplace, you, you want to attack the man. You want to attack males in the household. You want to attack males at the workplace. Uh, if you're if you're Satan and you want to be strategic, that's what you do. You 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 demean the the gender as a whole to then, where it's like mm-hmm. absolutely something that you shouldn't aspire to be you shouldn't be a masculine man and you know the reality of that statement you just said right now is very new because um back in the day when i was younger i used to always watch uh nick at night but like you remember shout that? out to nick at night <laughs> shout out to nick at night aka 90s no i'm okay yeah, yeah for no real. but uh they still give some stuff no yeah. but they remove all the cosby no shows. see but ah. the type of nick at night that i used to watch <laughs> watch what you're saying was was not what you were like is what it currently it's gives true. so now they give what fresh print i don't know what they give because i don't watch that yeah, yeah. but um like probably cosby show uh, they remove cosby show <laughs> cosby ain't got nothing, no. family matters or something yeah, yeah okay something like that right. yeah. when i watched uh nick and night it was the dick van dyke show Mm. Uh, I love Lucy. It was all these other other type of shows, and so that phenomenon that you're talking about that they eliminate the male or there's an exaltation of a female type thing is fairly new because in the reality is 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 about 60 years ago the television the media everything was pro masculinity. Mm. Maybe they they went a little too far because they came back from war and they were maybe too aggressive. Um, but the reality is these shows, Dick Van Dyke, and they were masculine men. And they, and even on the shows, they never eliminated. Matter of fact, the female was portrayed as, so I can kind of see like, this is the backlash of, yes. oh man, because it, it's been throughout history and, and now let, let's exalt the, the female because now we want to equal the uh, playing field. But the reality is, is, is god's made in order you know what i mean so i actually know somebody um i'm not gonna mention no names but um bob no (laughs) no no it's actually uh, a close relative okay um but um she she uh not was not a feminist or anything like that but it was like geared more towards the exaltation of type of female principles and it wasn't until later in her life that god really spoke to her and it was really fear it's always like a fear of so like behind the feminine uh uh feminine type what do you call that fem uh, feminism feminism is always like a fear but the fear is that the man is going to be hyper aggressive so they don't have a they don't have a true concept of the reality of the presence of god because god is a, is a is a representation of like a, a masculine figure but he's also a representation of a female figure sounds weird but let me explain so god is in a marriage is like you both reflect the image of god you know it's this mm-hmm. beauty the man reflects god because he's strong he he you know comes from a different and the, the the women not to generalize but most of the time the women is the the more feminine the more the one that takes nurturing type of thing god jesus is intreatable to children that you know but he's also a hard worker you know so it's like this duality that we are different and to to see the feminism tries to reduce the man so that they're equal the reality is we'll never we'll be equal in um love towards god like god loves both of us right but we're equal different in value in and we're value. equal in worth and yes. we're equal in in our you know our 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 uh, in certain abilities and yes. you know in our ability to to reason and have ideas yes. and speak well all those things yes, yes. Okay. but you can't put and sometimes w- superior yeah <laughs> the we women, talked about yeah. it a lot in identity you said yeah. you can't put like a ufc fighter, yeah you, like, you just can't put a male you like <laughs> um, put usain bolt against no, no, no. the fastest world transgender in the world. it's just not gonna work right yeah, yeah, yeah not even that look at so yeah but there is a difference in the physicality correct so uh Seren- that's okay. serena williams She's the best. She's Strong. arguably the best tennis player, a female tennis player. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was some talk between like eliminating the gender and stuff. And she was a proponent against it because she was saying, um, no, because I will lose. There, there is a clear distinction. So 
there can't be a blind right against thing. like the number one hundred person in the world. She, I will lose like because Roger right. Federer is gonna destroy you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Andy, Andy, uh, whatever, Andy. Uh, um, right, but in in the top, whoever's in Roddick, the top one hundred, I think I heard something. Like hundred, that. It was hundred. Like whoever's in the top one hundred of the male category is gonna destroy the Serena Williams. Exactly. From a, just a physical. From a physical standpoint, yeah. so clearly there's distinction. But the feminist standpoint is like trying to remove the distinction right. or lower the man, make him weaker. The reality is God made us strong. But there, the, the reason I say this is that there shouldn't be a fear. No matter what we mm-hmm. do in life, there shouldn't be, like, for that feminist person, or there shouldn't be a fear that a man is going to overstep his boundaries. A man that's living under the principles and direction of God is never going to be hold anything over a woman. Mm-hmm. He's never going to, um, matter of fact, he's going to show respect for the woman. You know what I mean? So... He's going to love her. He's yeah, gonna he's going to sacrifice her. himself yeah. the way Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Mm-hmm. He's going to sacrifice himself for his bride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. And and to even go on the other side of the spectrum, the man shouldn't fear um, not only a woman not stepping on him to the point where he becomes hyper aggressive. Right. Um, and there shouldn't be a fear of him holding his responsibility as well as a man as well. So yeah, it's I mean, a, shout out to all the ladies who are making more money than the dudes. I and mean, smart you know what dude, like most of the women yeah. I know are they, smarter. They're, they're they're have better jobs. They're they're very intelligent right. and even more than men. But right. the reality is is that we should be we're both equal yeah. in value. You know, exactly. but yeah. Um, Second Timothy chapter one says, uh, verse six, it says, um, or chapter seven is for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love mm. and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Um, and I think this is a good segue to get into what you said, like not to be fearful of this, this circumstance and, and all of that. Um, it's one thing, the fear of God, the reverence of God, the things that we talked about just a few moments ago, but also the day-to-day fears mm-hmm. right talking to your co-worker about jesus um uh, being open with a family member realizing that suffering is coming as mm-hmm. a result of that you know me having shared the gospel with family members or 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 being challenged by family members and then being open about my faith and then being socially martyred from my family for a quite some time as a result of that and is it like well do i compromise for the fear of not having that relationship or do I do what the scripture says? And it says, uh, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, mm-hmm. self-control. And you know, what is my initiative? What is my purpose? What am I trying to live for? And what is holding me back? What is keeping me in, in, in a, in a place where I'm, I'm disabled you know, where where fear has gotten so much control of me that I can't move. You know, and that's not God's plan for us. That I think there is instances where you have to move with wisdom and, you you know, you, you, you're trying to be effective. So you might not necessarily go, you know, there's a group of, of a radical terrorists walking down the street. You're not going to just walk in the middle of the group with your shirt off saying, we love Jesus, Jesus, brah, and they kill you. And that's it. It's rap. You know what I'm saying? Like that was, there was no strategy behind it. Mm-hmm. There was no wisdom behind it. It was just like, I'm going to go there and that's it. Um, but, you know, how do you serve those people in love? How do you approach them and, and, and how do you have discussion with them? Or, or how do you, uh, you know, hold back even? Sometimes that's the challenge is how do I hold back from being so blunt and uh and find the best avenue to navigate it and um i mean there's just so much to that you know when you when you talk about what we what we want to do for god um and i know you know with g you know us going to i do, was about to say yeah, yeah the homeless yeah um, do that go ahead there was a there was a moment um in the beginning I, I always like struggled in the beginning um there was some fear at me um i didn't want to like openly approach 
like people because I would always be like, oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? And I remember you specifically gave me a DVD of this guy that would just like like evangelize. I forgot who he was. He was like bald, like skinny. And he had like this. Oh, he's tall. Yeah. 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 I remember he Mark gave Cahill. Me, what? What you know about Mark Cahill? I watched like the whole two hours and I had like this fire. I was just like, why am I like fearing like. I fear God, like anything else. Like uh, I was just looking up to a verse like to go, but it says, uh, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So I literally, I spent like, I remember that one day I spent like an hour praying and I was just like, Mike, when are we going out? So I like, go preach. And then the next day, like we went out on a Wednesday and we were there like to 2 a.m. But I remember specifically, I was like, Mike, I feel like I'm going to go talk to that guy over there at the bus station. And then I was just like, I'll be right back. And then I just went and I was just like talking to him. I prayed for the guy. And I was just like, all right, man, if you need anything, I'll be here. And I just like walked out and I was just like felt good. Like I felt genuinely good because I was just like, why fear man in the essence of that? I like I fear God who is greater. He's removed all my fears and I could do whatever like he sets my heart to and my mind. And that's like the beautiful thing. Is that him? That's Yes, it was. That's nah, hilarious. <laughs> he has some controversy behind him because he was so radical in like his <laughs> approach and stuff. But he's pretty dope. Um, that's a, that's so funny. You know, I forgot about that dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, he shared the gospel with um, Charles Barkley. Really? Really? Yeah. yeah. He was on the plane. He saw Charles Barkley. He's like, I'm gonna preach gospel to this dude. Boom. <laughs> he's like, wow. no fear. No fear. Yeah. He's just like, whatever, dude. Take me now. But that's something he always preaches about is like having that like no fear, talking to yeah. someone, like sitting next to whoever it is and just talking preaching the gospel because what else would they do like this is something that's going to live on for eternity not something temporary like saying oh if you don't cross that sidewalk you're not going to stub your toe or you're not going to hit get hit by a car or something this is like something that's it's going to impact you in the long run like you yeah. share that gospel share that love help your brothers and sisters it's kind of reminds me of like the definition of courage like courage is doing something even in the midst of fear so it's kind of like even though, see, fear is like an emotion that I feel God gives you. There's a there's a protective fear, mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna make uh, like I'm afraid of heights. Mike, Mike, you're afraid of heights too, right? To some degree. To I'm, some degree. I'm afraid right? of, of the edge. The edge. <laughs> the, the edge of anything. The right? edge of anything low. So or high. I, I'm similar. Like uh, I could be in a plane, a roller coaster, it doesn't matter. Right. But for me, I'm not ever ever gonna step. Up. Like I've been on like the top of like. 15 16 floors and i'm like and on the roof i was on top of and the I'm world like, trade center and i was like chilling until i started getting close to the edge and i could see the traffic yeah. yo and i was like ah. yeah yeah and so so that's a protective right. fear right so there's fear, wisdom in that fear fear, right? fear is an emotion that that really protects us from dying yeah. in in a reality i think the confusion is like what you guys are talking about is that um is that you when you're when you're uh, preaching the gospel or you do talking to people? We equate that as something's gonna happen to us, mm -hmm. like like I'm gonna die or they're gonna judge me and all these things. But even though those feelings uh, of fear may come up, still we have to have that fear God more than mm -hmm. the circumstance. And so that's where I think the perspective always comes in. Yeah. So when you're praying and you're exalting God, it's like. Man, my problems was lower. Than, like, if I came yep. in with like a small problem, but I thought it was so big. It's funny. Uh, the the UFC fighter George St. Pierre, he uh, they you know talking about him and as far as like have you ever been have you ever been scared going into a fight? And this is one of the greatest UFC champions Arguably, of all time. Yeah, one of the one of the greatest martial artists that have ever mm -hmm. lived, competitive on a competitive yep. level. And he said, "Yeah, there was never a fight where I didn't go in fearful." And he's like, but that fear is what you, um, the nervousness is what you leverage. He said, because that yeah. is what, that's the what keeps energy. you alive. That's what keeps you sharp. That's what keeps you aware. And that's what keeps you ready to go, Oof. you know? And he's like, you know, he said, you know, the only time he was talking uh, uh, Joe Rogan, he was like, you know, the only time I didn't fear was the time I got knocked out. I oh. went into the cage with no fear, got knocked out, overconfident. He said, after that, I was like double fear. <laughs> like every time I went to the cage. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, this dude could knock me out. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop getting to the cage. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not going to face my opponent. Exactly. It means I have to face my opponent. 
and I'm scared out of my mind. And that's courageous yeah. for him to do that yeah. in the midst of that. Yeah. Now, the opposite of that is what you spoke about earlier. It's kind of like that deer caught in the headlights, mm. that fight or flight moment. The, de- the, the car's coming. The deer freezes, looks at the, the headlights, focuses so much on the hit, and he immobilizes this. I think a lot of times we can't allow, mm. you know, fear to immobilize us, but there has to be this courageous moment. You know what I mean? Even in the midst of fear, we, we were like, you know, St. Pierre, and we go to the battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there was um, one thing I struggled with a lot, and Mike, you were there for that, um, which was with pride. And during my whole start of studying conspiracies and uh, cults, I had like tons of pride. So what I developed was having no fear at all. Mm. So knowing what was going bump in the night, I had no nightmares whatsoever. I haven't had a nightmare in the past nine years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned like even if it's heights or anything, since I did graffiti before, I had no fear of heights. So... I can go to the darkest of places. I can talk to whoever, and I'll have no fear. But yet, I remember specifically when I was first buying uh, the house. Um, I went to this one house, and there was like, "Oh yeah, there's this rat problem." And I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "I was like, I was like, all right." Um, I was like, "All right, I'll still check out the house, either the like even what's it going." He's like, "No," he's like, "Really, there's a rat problem." And I was just like, "It's just <laughs> really, it's, it's right it's, there. It's just, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, just <laughs> it's just like a, it's just a rat." And I was just like, "It's just a rat. It's whatever." I remember specifically he opened the cabinet. And this is me. No fear whatsoever. He opens the cabinet. The rat's like in a rat trap. All of a sudden, the rat's still alive. He looks at me. He winks. I fear rats now. No. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can't see a rat for days. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Like, I fear nothing else but a rat. That's insane. Oh, wow. And yeah, just, that's just that one little tiny critter just winking at me, still alive in that rat trap, wow. has forever scarred me. I feel sh- I fear sharks, and I've never seen a shark in the water. But like I've se- I know enough to know that if I'm swimming at the beach, I ain't going that far. Like, I'm, there's but always got to be somebody that's like out it there. It makes you think as well. Fear is like you guys are saying. It's mm-hmm. it's a way to keep pushing yourself, moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Because if you don't fear something, you're never gonna truly learn about it or see what. You know that's crazy, man. As you mm-hmm. said that, like. And as you said that about sharks, like the animal king, right? Um, uh, what's it called? Um, this guy, he, he eventually died. Um, he got, he got um, what is it? The stingray that stabbed him? Oh, uh, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong about my interpretation of what I understood from him, but like it literally just came to mind. And he was the first person that I thought of was... He it was he remember he showed like he was fearless like he would just go he's like let's check out this snake and he just go up to the snake yeah. the gator and we just go into the layer with gator gator, but it wasn't a thing of fearlessness. He actually had a lot of fear mm-hmm. going into those situations, but there was so much reverence and respect for the animal's power. Yep, and what the animal can do that led him to know how to approach the animal learn how to interact with the animal, learn what time and, and all those things. Like there's so many, so much technique that went into it because he didn't go into it blindly. Yep. Right. So it's like you, you say you have fear of sharks, right? Well, in that fear, there's a reverence for that position. There's a reverence for that power. There's a reverence for its proximity. So you're saying, you know what, Mr. Shark, I don't know you and you don't know me. So I'm going to keep my ground. I'm not going to interfere. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was another one, I'd be like, yo, bump that, son. Boom, I'm going to go in here. This is my house, son. This is my house. And then next thing you get out the thing and you have no leg. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so, so that fear is, is good in many cases because yep. it prevents you from doing something stupid. But there are fears where it, it causes paralysis mm-hmm. in which you don't do anything. Yeah. So instead of it being a healthy fear that you don't do something foolish and get your leg bit off – you end up being paralyzed in your abilities. You have all these abilities or God has called you to do something, but you're scared because of money or you're scared because you're going to lose or status gonna say, or you're going to lose yourself, your job. Yeah. Right. And you're going to all these things that might not necessarily be the end of the world or the end of your leg or the end of your mm-hmm. life. Right. They're just maybe some minor sufferings associated with making moves. And in Isaiah 41:10, it says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. 
I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. Right? So he's talking to his prophet who's going through some stuff. And we might be going through some things. And God gives us the same type of promise where he says, I am with you. Mm -hmm. It's not about you and what you can do and your Mm -hmm. strength and your ability. It's about the fact that do you trust God enough that in the face of fear, in the face of circumstance, do I, Mike, Mike the Baptist, do I put my trust in God? Do I fear circumstance Mm -hmm. more than I fear God? Do I trust in my ability more than I trust in God's ability? Do I love my possessions? Do I love my status more than I love God? And if he's calling us to do a work, if he's calling us to make a move, if he's calling us to speak to that person, if he's calling us to to run from sin, we need to just be obedient and trust that in his sovereignty, in his, in his power, his blessings are going to be with us so that we can overcome that fear. Because, again, fear in itself is can be strengthening, right? It can be a good good way to, to navigate the situation. But in that fear, do we put our trust in God knowing that he's the one who's strengthening us? He's the one who's upholding us. He's the one who's helping us. In this essence, he's the one doing the work through us mm-hmm. for his own glory. Not for our glory. He's doing it for himself. So when we get into a place where we're doing something for him right let's say this podcast or whatever and we're like oh we're doing this for god we're gonna fall miserably short that's just the reality um but instead if we can rely on the fact that he is doing a work through us for his glory and we really believe that then the steps that we take God, if it grows, it's it's for you. We're going to mm-hmm. take the steps that we believe you said to take, and even if it reaches five people, great. If it reaches a million people, fantastic. Whatever you decide to do, let it be done with wisdom. Um, but that it's not about me glorifying myself. And and it's strange because we can go on this topic of fear for forever, but I've had people actually say that they don't, and very close friends, that say they don't do things for God. They they're not part of a church family. They're um, they they haven't joined uh, you know any kind of cause or gone to school or whatever it is because they have a fear fear of succeeding. They have a fear of doing very well. Oh man! <laughs> and so yeah. they don't want to do that. And it's crazy because like maybe they understand they have pride issues, mm-hmm. and if they do succeed to a certain level, then but it's almost an excuse. Yeah. But, you know, if you're preaching, if you're I think if whatever you're doing, right, it's like you're you're if you're preaching and you're fearful that, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing to the people who are listening. Like you have an audience of one who's listening, who's judging you. Everybody else, if you have an ear to ear hear, let them hear. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I think I feel like that's what, kind of, what we're kind of doing here. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's this fear that we're going to say something that's crossing boundaries we're not going to say it right if it's not cool enough it doesn't have the best thing like we have all this fear of opinion and stuff like when we're not gonna do anything yep it's like um when you were talking it's like what distinguishes um a person that fears rejection and a person that fears success both of them are immobile you know what i mean and how does god view immobility there's this um, parable where um, Jesus is teaching about talents um, or oh, yeah. money. And so he gives a certain amount of money to three individuals, right? Uh, first one, uh, let's just say 100. The other one, I forget the exact amount, but 110 and then one, right? The person with 100 multiplied his. The person with 10 multiplied his. And then the other person was so fearful that he would lose that $1 that he hid it in the ground. So when the master came back in this um, story, he goes to the first guy. He's like, look, you've given me 100. I doubled it, 200. He says, man, well done. Second one, hey, you give me 10. I I couldn't do double, but I got you 15. Good. Well done. Last one says, hey, um, I know the type. He's already pleading his case. (laughs) I know the type of man that you are. You're a shrewd man. You're like this type of guy. Here's your exact one dollar back. 
He's like, what do you, you didn't multiply because of fear. Mm. He's like, you're, you're depart from me. So it's the reality. This is the way God views like in action. But in your, in the, what you just said, some, some friends that you yeah. might have some, this, it, they're equivalent in, you know, the person who is afraid like that doe or that uh, deer in the headlights, fear of rejection mm-hmm. or fear of succeeding. There's still no movement. Same they're, thing. they're taking that dollar and they're putting it in, in the ground. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Um, so, I mean, there's so much more we can touch yeah. on, but if you're listening and God's calling you to do something, you know, if you're if you are an employee and 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 you fear giving an opinion, you fear of, of sharing an idea, you fear of making a decision. Take some risks. See what happens. Put it out there. Um, trust in God. Trust in God. Yeah. yeah you know, um, uh, uh, put your trust in him that if he's given you the abilities, he's given you the talents that that you would multiply. it, Right. Um, and, you know, and, and particularly if you feel you're called to something. Uh, yeah. obviously pray and, and, and but have I think that the the overarching theme that we need to conclude with is you know have this mind frame that if God is first that he's really first because that's his position and mm-hmm. that's where you 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 keep him that's where you maintain him that's how you reverence him um you know, we, we talked earlier, right before we turned, we went live, we, we were talking about, you know, some of our struggles and we talked about, um, you know, what God's doing in our life. And and, and one of the common themes across the, the table here was, um, you know, our, uh, you know, as we're in a, just a day to day, you know, everyday life, you know, you don't dive into the word uh, on a frequent basis. You don't necessarily pray consistently and so forth. And um and I think part of that is our lack of putting God in that position mm. and fearing him to the degree of that reverence of saying, you know, this is his position. This is his throne. Um, and he's given me that ability to approach it. And I have an opportunity every day to approach that throne. And I'm, I'm doing like the guy of the talents. You know what I'm saying? I'm holding back when I should be more like the Esther. You know, that's like, well, it's illegal for me to go into that throne room and, um, you know, fast because I'm going to go in even if it's illegal and it's against the law and I'm going to probably get killed for coming into it. Whereas our relationship with God, that's not the case. You know, our, our uh, we have, we, it, if it was illegal at one point under the law, God has uh, made it legal for us now to enter his presence mm-hmm. willingly and openly and boldly because of what Christ has done. He has paid for our way to enter God's presence. And because of our lack of reverence, because of our lack of putting him in that position, uh, is why we don't pray every day, is why we don't feel encouraged enough or passionate enough to read the word every day is because we have failed to maintain him in that place. Um, and I think if we, if we were to do that, then we would be – it would be more important than our than our food that we eat mm-hmm. to to want to pursue him in that level and um and so do that you know if you're listening do that pursue him with with everything you got you start out your day doing that end your day doing that you know midday uh, seek his face just for a few minutes pray to him uh read his word find some books some free books online go to Desiring God website, and you can download every single one of John Piper's books and all of his affiliates yep. for free via PDF. Uh, it's a nothing. It's not a thing. You can get some some good material there, and 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 really carry out this thing of of leveraging that fear that we have uh, with with everything that we mentioned in the discussion, but most of all, um, knowing that we have not been given a spirit of fear, um, but one of love and self control so that we can be witnesses of the gospel. So that's all we got. We love you guys. We hope to speak to everyone again, not in the distant future, but hopefully, you know, record another episode next week. But we are signing out. Uh, Before we sign out, make sure that you're spreading the word. I'm hearing from people. It's trickling in little by little. I'm getting messages. I'm hearing uh, word of mouth that uh, that people are faithful listeners to the show, looking forward to listening to the show. 
and we so much appreciate you guys. Like, you have no idea. Uh, people in Florida, people in New York, people abroad listening to the show. Germany, Russia, Yeah, Japan. we thank you so, so much for being faithful listeners. And I will post something, and literally, like, within minutes, we'll have, like, 20, 20 plays. Like, already, boom. As soon as we post it, people are listening to it. Uh, and I think that's awesome. The momentum is, is building in that regard. But tell somebody you know share the episodes with with somebody uh subscribe mm-hmm. um share uh, like whatever it is that that you need to do to get the word out get the word out so we can continue to do this and if there's a topic you want to hear send us a message either on facebook or uh on our email it's gmail uh, proof beyond reason at gmail.com that's it that's it we're on so we're on soundcloud itunes youtube facebook um, I don't even think we're doing anything with uh, Instagram. We have an Instagram account. We don't Instagram think is connected to our Facebook, so we uh, boost. There you go. So we're doing Instagram. Um, G's doing Instagram. his thing over there. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mike the Baptist. G. Austin.